Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And uh, this is episode 580 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Samsung's in the Uncanny Valley, Sony's canning PlayStation users, and Google TV can no longer show Netflix content. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, through one of the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, or of course on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There's two ways that you can do that. Uh, the first is, normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, and uh, there you can chat with us during the show and give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. And of course, you can always subscribe at plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, the Pilch Point, Plugkids Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, find all of the ways that you can watch or listen. Oh, Avram. <laughs> uh the uh the weekend after thanksgiving is always a rough one for you which is of course why we're here on a wednesday yeah, <laughs> instead of yes. on a sunday yeah sorry sorry about that that the, uh i think i think our viewers all know that they offer to take the weekend of uh of uh prime day and uh and black friday off is always on the table <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, at my job, those are a really important time. We have to, you know, we we spend a lot of time doing coverage of just all the lightning deals that are going on. So we have people on 24-7, and I usually take the late shift uh, so that other people don't have to. So I was on, like, at least 12 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day for like five days, um, sometimes longer than that. Um, and, and so I was just like exhausted and trying to get, to get a little bit of sleep before my shift, my shift started again. Yeah. Um, the, uh, cause when I, when I went to, uh, the thing about working nights like that is, so then I would, be done and i'm like okay now i'm just gonna go sleep but my son Mm-mm. was like no you're not mm-hmm. like you've got to spend time with me don't you want to spend time with me like, well yeah i really do want to spend time <laughs> with you i guess i should but i'm falling apart here so you know that it was that's that's the tough uh the tough balance uh as a parent of working overnight like yeah the work part uh, when I wasn't feeling like I was super tired was fine because it's nice and quiet at that hour, but, um, at those hours, but sure. uh, it is what it is. This Indeed. is a, uh, I mean, it's, it's, this was an okay year for, for deals. I mean, so, so I think a lot of people wanted graphics cards and this is a terrible time to buy a graphics card. Yeah. That was going to be a was that also, was going to be a hard hard thing to accomplish no matter what. Yeah, 
and it's a terrible even even other now it's at the point where even other graphics cards besides the new ones mm-hmm. are way jacked up in price like you know a card that was a 230 dollar card three months ago is now selling for 600 bucks and not you know totally not worth it yeah um so, so, so in that in that case a black friday special might have been regular retail Yes, yeah, some of them were. Uh, so graphics cards were were not a good thing to buy, and AMD CPUs were not. But Intel CPUs were on a great deal, were on a great sale. There were some decent prices on SSDs, and uh, though, it was a good year for. Though basic, based on what I saw on the website, you might have to be careful with what you purchase because it may not be the same. Uh, oh, that's same a whole st- other. <laughs> that's a whole other story we could do. Um, <laughs> to, to, I'll, I'll put it briefly for the audience. If you go to tomshardware.com, we have a story about SSD vendors uh, changing the controller and memory, flash memory on existing models, and not telling consumers that they're doing that. So we reviewed it in a very specific instance. We reviewed. Uh, an SSD called the ADATA XPG SX8200 Pro. Say that five times fast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I could get through it once. It. it was, it was our top, our top choice SSD for like a year because it did really well and it was a great value. Yeah. And then we started to read on Reddit a few months ago, a couple months ago, that hey, wait, people are getting it and it now has a different controller, same model number, same packaging, same everything. Uh, I mean, same you know, whatever, no, no, no change to the spec sheet, but now it's using a slightly different controller and slightly different flash memory. Now, to be fair to the company that did this, their spec sheet never said you're getting this exact controller. It Mm -hmm. says you're getting an SMI controller. So yes, you are. It didn't say you're getting this particular brand of flash memory. Uh, So like within the spec sheet, they were pretty much and then they had some speeds but the speeds are all up to this speed uh-huh. so you know whatever so that's very fungible yeah so but but we got we got the the you know we took the old one that we still have from when they sent it to us for review and then and we bought a new one and then they also wanted to prove something to us so they sent us a new one which had a third set of parts okay um the it had the same it had the new controller, but a different new flash memory. Um, and it's crazy. And so the point is, and we've heard that this is happening with other vendors, so we're not just uh, blaming ADA. Um, that companies will uh, swap stuff out. This is well known to happen in the PC industry, mm-hmm. where you know you're you two people may get a different SSD, mm-hmm. may get a different screen panel in your laptop, different keyboard. Um, and you, your, you know, you, so, you personally documented that, yes, pro, that yes. journey. So, so that ha- so that's known to happen, but you don't normally expect it to be within a component Yeah, at the component um, level. And, and in a way that, that real, that has a tangible effect on performance. So, you know, I mean, it, it reminded me. Re- reading about it on the site, which obviously I did, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to bring up the topic, um, reminded me uh, a lot of my Thanksgiving last year, where uh, 
what I believe what happened with the, the monster lights is that they changed a chip inside. I think they changed the radio chip and the new one was defective. And that's why nothing since then has worked. Um, it's because they changed a component inside and the behavior changed. And in, in this case, the behavior was that it never worked again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really serious. To be fair, these SSDs work. They were just mm -hmm. a little bit slower in ways yeah. that we could absolutely measure. They also weren't $5 Black Friday special products, which is, you know, a black, a $5 Black Friday special. Having worked at Radio Shack for a decade, um, I, I can tell you that our confidence level in any of the products we sold for $5 on Black Friday was uh, pretty low. <laughs> so, anyway... Yeah, obviously a different situation between, you know, slightly different performance, not working at all. But it it just reminded me of of last year. I'm like, oh, oh, good. This this feels familiar. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, obviously a little a little side tangent. But that was that was that was interesting to read, because like you said, you don't expect it at the component level. You expect it at the at the closed box level, because it happens all the time, but down at the component level was surprising. Yeah. So, anyway, um, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I will tell our viewers that are watching us now on Wednesday um, that our show was prepped for Sunday, uh, so there are some things that have happened this week so already that we will not be talking about tonight because they're for this week's show, uh, this coming Sunday. So if it seems like we're a little off on stuff, we are, and it's okay. We'll catch up on Sunday and everything will be back to normal. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, uh, Xbox accessories, uh, games, and a whole lot more, you can get them all at the Microsoft Store. And remember the current students, teachers, uh, uh, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. You can find out about all of that, including all the deals that are going on right now, by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So at CES this year, one of the topics that we talked about on the, the TPN broadcast a couple of times uh, for, a, for a couple of reasons. One was because uh, Kirk hurt himself uh, over in that hall and we couldn't help but give him a little bit of uh, razzing about it. But uh, also because it was fascinating was uh, Samsung's Neon virtual assistants. They come from a division... Um, called Star Labs that they uh, that they picked up. And um, Neon is interesting in that it tries to take kind of a, a more full personality for an assistant, more like Cortana that's, you know, voiced by a person and has obviously therefore human emotions and responses. Um, they try and take that concept and personify. It was just, it was demoed on these big screens, um, but nobody, nobody really knew what their intentions were. Um, and Samsung has said that their intentions have gotten messed up this year um, because they had intended to show off uh, some real world uses for them, but 
none of them exist in 2020 because you can't go places. And so um, with that, some of their resources have shifted and they've, they've uh, put some resources behind a mobile version. Now, this is weird for a couple of reasons. One, Bixby, which everybody's biggest annoyance with the, the Galaxy S10 was that you they tried to make it so you couldn't reprogram the Bixby button because nobody cares. Um, and so for Samsung to double down into uh, into another generation of virtual assistants is a little surprising, but, but Neon's very different, though I don't know how it's going to play out uh, on the phone. Uh, this started... When we were writing this, this started out as a, as a rumor by the time we were to publishing, and now Samsung has 100% confirmed it uh, and has gone so far as to say that it will be available um, to uh, Samsung users to test before the end of the year. So we've got just a couple of weeks before we, we should be able to see this uh, play out. I don't know what to think about it, though, Abram. Uh, I don't want another assistant i don't care how advanced i don't want another assistant now granted um granted i'm one who doesn't really like having assistants in the first place uh something about it just seems bourgeois to me like you know like even if it's a machine i feel kind of guilty ordering it around so uh, like asking it to do things for me Sort of, sort of like my mother. My mother has a, a cleaning lady that comes over, and she always cleans up the house before the cleaning lady comes, because she feels guilty having her clean up a messy place, right? <laughs> um, and 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 like, so I I feel weird. I feel weird, uh, but I also don't like them listening to things. But I mean, obviously, this presumably you'd invoke. Well, I don't know. You, it might be always listening. Who knows? So, but but even putting aside my feelings about assistance. Isn't the market flooded already? Don't right? we have enough? We're we're already seeing the market pare down, right? Because because no more Cortana really right. Um, she was removed uh, from the the glass thermostat a couple of months ago. Uh, I'm pointing upward because I have one right above me. Um, the Invoke uh, smart speaker, ironically, from Samsung. Um, is losing her uh, at the beginning of next year. Uh, and that will basically, at this point... At, oh, and uh, outside of the United States, the mobile apps uh, don't work anymore. So uh, that has essentially relegated her to the taskbar on Windows 10, where at one point, you almost couldn't go anywhere without seeing the circle because she was on Xbox. She was everywhere. So uh, yeah, Cortana is pretty much, you know... a. a not even a second class citizen, she's a third class citizen at this point. Um, and and Bixby, nobody has ever leaned into, and Samsung seems to have canceled their smart speaker featuring Bixby for, oh, thank goodness. Uh, Bix, Bixby is the least popular assistant ever, I think. I mean, nobody cares about Bixby. Nobody yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah. I, I, I remember, the and, and I joke about it all the time, but I remember the absolute rage when the S10 came out and you could re there was a, an app that came out before the phone did to allow you to reprogram the button. And uh, within like a day or two of the phone coming out, Samsung pushed an update that made that app not work anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there was a that range. That seems like one of the reasons to root your phone. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. 
There is an absolute rage over it. And for good reason, because nobody wanted that to do that. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody, I mean, that's a perfectly good button that's being wasted. And I can't tell you, I have a Samsung phone, how many times I accidentally hit that button and end up with a Bixby thing popping up and like, no, I, I don't want Bixby. Nobody wants Bixby. I, so they, they undid it and they, they allowed you to reprogram it. And mine has not triggered Bixby for years oh i didn't know that oh yeah they i say that because of the very close to because of the social backlash uh that they got from it uh within a couple of weeks they undid it and made it so you could you could fix it again well that's cool (laughs) good good to know although i'm probably although i'm thinking very strongly about now that my phone is almost is like three years old of of, uh, upgrading to to a pixel to the pixel 4 uh 4a 5g Mm I just don't know if it's going to be too big, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's room in the market for another assistant. I don't care how good it is. I don't think there's room. This is yeah. yet another Samsung trying to do, I mean, you got to give them credit. They keep trying to create an ecosystem where others would have given up, mm-hmm. right? They still have Samsung browser when there's the Chrome browser on there, yeah. on your phone. Mm-hmm. They still have, Although with, in fairness, with their relationship with Microsoft, I wouldn't be surprised if we stopped seeing them develop on the browser and started to see Edge. Yeah. Which is, which is fine because at least there's an actual ecosystem around the Edge browser, right? Because it syncs your stuff with your Windows computer and stuff like that. But (laughs) yeah, they put a lot of resources into weird stuff. You know, it's just a waste, right? Um, and they kept at it, even even when Microsoft has 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 given up on <laughs> given yeah. up on it. So, eh, I mean, I'm just really surprised that Siri never made the serious jump to smart speakers. Yeah, right? the, like you, the two that they have, uh, the the best review I saw of the HomePod Mini was that uh, it's the perfect speaker if it were half the price. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just surprised because Apple was the first mover in this assistant space, and yet they've been overtaken by Amazon. Yeah, well, in fairness, they did buy Siri, and then most of the developers left almost immediately. So they did lose all of their expertise right in the beginning. So that didn't help. Oh, well, I guess that is a big problem. <laughs> they. They didn't yeah. have they didn't have any kind of requirement for the founders to stick around or anything, and so basically all the expertise on Siri left almost immediately. So, yeah. the industry has learned since then. They've learned their lesson, and uh, the founders are usually required Pre- to stick around for a while. Pre- preview on this week's Pilch Point: I'll be showing something that allows you to use uh, Google Digital Assistant on your on your Raspberry on your Raspberry Pi. Yeah, that was a good accidental tie-in. As we, yeah. we didn't plan that, but yeah. So obviously, with the way they demoed it at CES on the big screens, their intention had to have been for things like retail. You know what I mean? It That had to have been their intention with it. And since you know they have said that they've shifted some resources within the project, 
I think that kind of confirms that their intention was was for physical spaces on the big screens like what we saw. And maybe this is some sort of like a technical preview more than it is an attempt at a product preview. Um, and that like they had wanted to have some things out in the wild, testing the AI, testing the processing, things like that. And this is their best way to do it. Just a guess based on very little information. But something tells me that that might be what's happening here, that they are just desperate to get some sort of like technical pressure test on it. And this was the only way they could do it. But we'll see. Um, Because I could see like I could see this um, built into the the screens that uh, like for the the terminals at McDonald's and things like that, which we know for sure we're going to start seeing more and more of those self-service kiosks in lots of places because it doesn't require human interaction and people are uncomfortable with human interaction right now. So, you know, if the, the, this AI thing could see, you know, if neon could see that you look confused and you've stopped in a place and could assist you and respond to questions, I could see it in places like that, but on the phone, absolutely not. This seems this seems like a a desperate attempt at a technical preview that they couldn't figure out another way to do. But we will we will see um, in pretty short term <laughs> because they said before the end of the year, so it's it's coming soon. I will have it the first day I can because I'm very curious to see what it can do, and then I will probably never play with it again. <laughs> This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The uh, best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee, all by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. So you gave us a little preview a moment ago uh, about what it is we're going to get to see. So uh, what is it we're about to see? So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the cool stuff that uh, you could be doing with your vacation time that you might have over the next few few weeks. Uh, I'm hoping to have a few days off this month and what I'll do with that time, which is what I do with the time when I'm not working, uh, is working uh, when I can is working with my son on some really cool Raspberry Pi projects and robot projects. Uh, And, you know, there's obviously a lot of neat kits out there. And I have this one here that I wanted to show briefly. Uh, This right here is the, uh, so this is a Raspberry Pi that you may have seen you showed many times before a Raspberry Pi 4, but this uh, on top of it is what is called a Braincraft hat, uh, which is from Adafruit, uh, a fantastic company that makes all kinds of electronics, uh, all kinds of electronics kits. Uh, they, they manufacture them right here in New York City uh, and, and develop them. Uh, 
and this Braincraft hat was developed with the um, input of people from Google's machine learning uh, group. They asked, what would you want if you were trying to, you know, have some, some things to, you know, help you develop AI applications? So the hat has a few things on it that you can do. And as, as you may know, a hat is a add on board that you put on top of the Raspberry Pi. So here you can see that the Raspberry Pi is under it and then the hat attaches to the uh, 40 GPIO pins on the, the Raspberry Pi. Anyway, this hat is, is $40 and you can get it from, from adafruit.com. It has here uh, this 1.6 inch screen. Um, that you can use for uh, displaying things that the AI sees. Uh, it has these three RGB lights over here that you can program to do things. It has a below the lights. It has it's all backward to me. Below the lights, it has a joystick and a button that you can use. It has built-in microphones for doing voice recognition. It does not have built-in speakers. Instead, it has a stereo uh outputs that you can attach these uh, cheap two pin speakers to so i bought these speakers separately they were eight dollars for two uh they use a two pin i guess it's called jst uh jst connector um so what can you what can you do with this well obviously you can program all kinds of things to work with it but there are some really wonderful tutorials to get you started um so one that I have that I want to show you is for doing image recognition. Um, and this is really just kind of a sample of image recognition because, uh, because this is using a preset, uh, a preset library of a few thousand objects. So you can train it. So it's going to start saying Braincraft. And I'm going to turn it. I think the right way to turn it is this. Monitor. Oh, so it tells you what it sees. And here's a that camera. That was quick. Monitor. It says monitor. Let's see what it says when it looks at me. Nothing. Oh. You can see the FPS it, in the corner, perhaps. It had it for a second. It was coming up with something for a second. If I put it at my... If I put Window it... shape. This window shade when I show up my shades, that's actually correct. What other things can I what other things can I show it on my desk? How about a speaker? Oh, not a wire. I have to admit, it could it could have more it has gotten confused in funny ways. Like for example, there's like a little window behind me and sometimes it'll say seatbelt when it sees it. Which is just bizarre. See if I can make it do it. Come on, seatbelt. It's not exactly an advertisement for using it to get stuff wrong, but um, I guess real matter would be to make it look at itself. What does it see if it looks at itself? <laughs> sunglasses. 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 It thinks it's sunglasses. So <laughs> you got to retrain. I mean, that's kind of Our funny. Oh, it says it detected a laptop. The funny thing is it's not pointed, it's not pointed at my laptop. <laughs> uh, but it shows that on the screen. Um, you there are instructions online for actually how to train it with a different um, a different model. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know machine learning, uh, model 
is the term that you use to describe what the sort of universe of objects that it can recognize is. So, you know, if you train it better, it will be better at recognizing things like, you know, you can train it to recognize faces, you can train it to recognize a particular person's face, you can train it to recognize objects that it does not yet know about now. And apparently Google has a cloud-based service that allows you to actually um, do the, some of the training in the cloud because doing the training part can be very processor intensive, more so than a Raspberry Pi would, you would want a Raspberry Pi to do. Um, the other thing I wanted to show you on this was voice recognition, uh, which it also does. So one thing you can do is, let's see if I can, uh, oops. Uh, one thing I can do is, second, I'm gonna type everything at the command line. So I start up, so I installed Google Assistant in here and it won't show anything interesting on the screen uh, right now, but it, you see the lights have lit, lit up red. Now, this is an interesting implementation of Google Assistant. Does that mean it's it become self-aware? <laughs> you know, what, what it is is it's, it doesn't listen to you unless you press the button. So... What time is it? See, so this is not, um, the way it's programmed right now is not to always listen. It's just to listen when you hit the button. Gotcha. Uh, which is, which is your ideal scenario, which is better for me, but, uh, but, but I'm sure you could program it different. I mean, obviously if you really wanted a Google assistant, you could buy a smart Google smart speaker for 25 or 30 bucks. So this isn't, you wouldn't buy this just to use it as a regular Google assistant because the Raspberry Pi itself costs at least $35 and the hat is $40. And then you have to get some kind of speakers for it. Like I did that for $8. So you're talking about do the math on that $83 to get what's probably not as good a smart speaker as the, uh, as the ones you, you get from, from Google. So the, the point is that you're using this to develop your own speech recognition, your own, um, your own object recognition. Uh, to help kind of to help prototype things. And when you're when you've kind of figured out what you wanted to do, you don't need the hat on to do these things. Like the hat is there to help you uh, because it gives you an easy screen and a speaker and a microphone, but you could take any of the code that you've written for this and put it on and you know put it on a different on a different Raspberry Pi or take the hat off and put the hat on somewhere else it's it's really to to help you test and figure out okay how is this voice recognition working you know what do i need to do to to make it go how is this object recognition working uh, and then obviously the the next step is you want to apply that to something useful not just you know recognizing objects and telling you what they are but perhaps taking some other kind of action based on them uh, for example, and uh, this is an example of AI, not of this AI, uh, not of this. Oh, by the way, for those who follow uh, AI stuff, uh, that program was is written with uh, TensorFlow Lite, which is uh, Google's framework. 
um, for doing machine learning. But the there's really cool things you can do with it to actually make, like let's say you were building a robot and you wanted the robot to do something. So uh, I had a guest on my show, my podcast show that I do every week that is all about Raspberry Pi a couple of weeks ago. And he was showing off uh, that he made a tic-tac-toe playing robot. And it uses a camera with AI to, it has a pen on an arm. And when it sees you draw an X or an O, it knows it's time for it to move and, and draw in one of the other spaces and try to beat you. You know, that's an example of using object recognition. That's pretty cool. Uh, the, the same guy who, who did this, he, he's really fascinating. I got to tell you, if you go to YouTube and you search for 3D printed life, one word, you'll find his channel. Uh, and wow. I mean, he had some co a few really cool projects. Another one he made is a sandwich crust cutter. And it also uses AI. It's like a giant enclosed box, almost like a 3D printer. And you put a sandwich in, it knows where the crust is and it takes a, a knife, which is on like a conveyor and it cuts the crust off. Um, <laughs> oh, amazing. Another project he did using AI and Raspberry Pi was um, object recognition, specifically in Raspberry Pi, was a Nerf gun that follows a target, I guess, follows a target around and shoots Nerfs at it. Um, mm -hmm. So these are the types of things you can do once you learn how to take what you're getting when it's recognizing that image and then make take that data and apply it. Oh, I see there's an X or no. What do I do next? Um, so that's where the real fun of machine learning and artificial intelligence comes in. When you can take the data and do something with it, make it follow an object, make it do something different depending on what you what a person says or what a person does or what color it sees. So um, I mean that's that's what the that's what the fun is. I mean, some of the things that I'm learning to do with this. I can't, I can't wait because, uh, I can say this cause my son isn't listening, but like for hot the holidays, we got a couple of robots, robot kits for he and I to build uh, a couple of raspberry Pi robot kits to build and one, one that's a tank and one that's a car. And, um, and both of them have cameras on them and can presumably do image recognition. Nice. So uh, do, do object recognition. So we're gonna, you know, we're going to do it. Um, That's cool. We're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, once we get the car part of it working, we'll try to train it to do things like follow a ball or maybe if it sees, maybe we'll see if like, if it sees a thumbs up, maybe it'll go forward. And if it sees this way, maybe it'll go that way. And, you know, mm -hmm. we'll try to figure out ways to kind of control it using, using images. So, I am that's uh I am fascinated by the uh by the the nerf gun uh implementation for a couple of reasons the chiefest being that I produced a video uh for Softworks uh in Tampa that had done a project they were doing like a demo of a smart safe house uh cuz Softworks is is part of Socom the you know central command um and uh 
they were prototyping a smart safe house and they took the um, the Nerf turret, which is not something I knew existed before this video, and I so badly want one. Uh, and they, they had, uh, using TensorFlow, they had done, um, they had trained the model specifically to look for a particular model of rifle uh, that was that's used a lot by uh, insurgents uh, like ISIS, but is never used by our allies. And so whenever it saw that particular rifle, it would fire the Nerf turret. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a very similar, very similar concept following a target. The target is a very specifically trained target in this particular case. Uh, and, and I walked through it uh, with nothing. I walked through it with several rifles that are U.S. issue. Nothing. I walked through it with this particular uh, Russian rifle and I got shot a lot. And boy, does that nerf turret hurt. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem like it should, but it does, especially when it gets you right in the right in the chest. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, oh god, it hurt. Anyway, um, but but yeah, so that that's an interesting implementation because I I got to see something similar to that that the military has been working on. So this is cool. this kind of technology, you know, the the image recognition stuff is is interesting at all kinds of levels from, from being able to have a, a robot, I don't know, a robot car follow a hamster, which I think would be kind of fun <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, or, you know, military applications. There's, there's all kinds of places where this is interesting. So. Yeah. So if you want to get started with this technology, uh, this, this particular hat, Obviously, you'd get a Raspberry Pi 2 if you don't have one, and you want a Raspberry Pi 4. Uh, any Model 4 should do. This is the 1 gigabyte. Oh, they recommend at least the 2. The uh, You can get this from Adafruit, A-D-A-F-R-U-I-T.com, and it is called the BrainCraft hat. But uh, it is really just one of many cool things that that you can play with in your spare time. And I just love to experiment and learn using, using these tools. For sure. Uh, do you think that if you had the two gig model, it wouldn't have thought you were wearing sunglasses? I doubt. I, <laughs> nah, just it, was just, it wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's always funny when you get a Like they're not the only ones like, I did. I've tried so many different AI object recognition demo things yeah. over the couple of last couple of years, including ones on the Jetson Nano mm -hmm. that I think I've shown some of them on this show. Yeah, and like invariably, it, the object recognition always does something funny, and it's kind of a funny parlor game to see what yeah. to see what it thinks something is. I uh, I did an IBM conference in 2015, and uh, I had been working. Uh, I had been doing some work with the Azure machine learning stuff. Uh, and so I knew what some of the, <laughs> one of the pitfalls of it were. And they're like, here, you know, pull up a, pull up a web browser, find an image, put it in here and it'll tell you what's in it. And I'm like, oh, I know what image it's not going to tell me. And so I went and I did a couple of searches and I pulled up a couple of images and the, 
the poor guys from Watson were like, how do you keep breaking this? Don't worry. I know how the technology works. It's not, <laughs> I'm not just like finding random things. I know what I'm searching for because I know where the pitfalls are. <laughs> but they were shocked because they're like, you know, we get them wrong, you know, one out of two or three hundred and you've done eight in a row. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, machine learning and image recognition is a ton of fun to mess with. And so is uh, audio recognition, being able to listen for particular uh, sounds around you and, and perform actions based on the sounds. That's that's fun too. Oh, way harder to train though. <laughs> Finding enough clips of a, of a DJI drones motor sounds, for example, way harder than finding pictures of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine that is that is tough. But speech recognition actually not that tough. Yeah, uh, I found an open library to do speech recognition that's not part of the assistant, but and I was messing with it, but it was really slow. So mm. like it would come come out like a, a couple seconds after because it was not. I think this is probably going to the cloud uh, for Google to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the thing I was testing was doing it locally. Um, but I mean, what my son and I would like to do is, is have something that just does forget the assistant. Cause like, like I said, you can get assistant anywhere. Uh, we want to write our own software to do stuff when you talk. Yeah. When you tell it to do something. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot of fun. That's another thing where I've, I've messed around with a number of APIs uh, that are that are all cloud-based to do it. Uh, but yeah, they're, <laughs> it's, it's a ton of fun. It's so much, so much fun to hear you talking about this stuff because this was, this was what our Microsoft meetups used to do is exactly these types of projects. So <laughs> it's, it's fun. I miss all of those meetups. It's a shame that <sighs> the world's a mess right now. Anyway, uh, let's not, <laughs> let's not end on a, <laughs> sour note there um anyway uh i i imagine uh you've got one in, in have, your possession you've got we, to be doing stuff with it yeah you know, we, we yeah we have a review of it up on the site already of the braincraft hat on tomsharbor.com so you could definitely check it out nice well i will definitely be checking that out because it is technology that i'm fascinated by and i look forward to uh seeing what's up with it and as always i look forward to what we talk about next This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Get all the accessories you need to up your game on your PC, console, or mobile device from Razer. Whether you're looking for a gaming mouse and keyboard like we use here in the studio, a webcam and light for your Twitch stream, or an entire gaming setup like the Razer Blade 15, you can find it all at Razer by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. Definitely hit the wrong button there the end of that last segment anyway <laughs> threw me off anyway um so we know that the new consoles are out we know that there are all kinds of issues uh with getting a hold of them uh although 
we did see this week that uh, that Microsoft or somebody for Xbox canceled uh, a large scalper order. So hooray! We also see that uh, that eBay has been canceling uh, the listings of photos. Yay! But uh, no. Oh. I, I saw I saw your post. At some post. point, I have to tell the audience about. At some point, I have to tell the audience about that. But but, but continue. I, I saw your post and commented on it because I've been following that. Um, anyway, so um, the not everything has been has been positive in response to to these issues um, because getting these consoles is still difficult. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of Sony sold more PlayStations than Microsoft. Well. Both of them have sold everything they have, so those numbers <laughs> don't mean anything because everybody wants them, and it's hard to get. Um, but on the PlayStation side, a weird policy um, with PlayStation Plus is that some of the games for PlayStation Plus, even though they are PS4 games, have to be redeemed on PS5. Why? Couldn't begin to tell you. Um, it's definitely weird especially since they know that there's limited stock. But whatever, it's the policy, it is what it is. And anytime, and I say this all the time, anytime you create rules, you have created a game, and uh, in any game, some players will be better than others. And so, <laughs> some of the people who did get PlayStations have um, been either charging their friends and family a small amount to sign on to their console to be able to redeem their PlayStation Plus games, or uh, maybe they're nice people and they're not charging you and they're just letting their friends and family uh, take advantage of their console um, to redeem their games, the games that they are paying for uh, that they cannot redeem on their own because Sony doesn't have enough consoles in the wild. I want to I want to make very clear what, what the situation here is. It's not that these people are trying to to cheat the system and get things they don't deserve or anything like that. It's PlayStation Plus, which they are paying for on their own account, that they cannot get a hold of a console to get the games that they're paying for. Sony has been canceling their accounts. Uh, so, why? Right? So, the accounts of the people who are signing into the PlayStation 5s are getting one or two month suspensions. And the accounts that own the PlayStation 5s have seen permabans. Which really sucks when you've spent that much money on a console and now your account can't use it. Um, Sony, and again, this is as of Sunday. I have not 100% kept up on this, but I have not seen any new uh, press releases from Sony on this topic. Um, the only... Um, the only official response that I have seen from Sony on this topic is uh, if if your PlayStation Network account is ever suspended or terminated uh, for any reason, you have the ability to uh, counterclaim. Here's the link. <laughs> it is the most bonkers thing that I have... I mean... Obviously. Why did they set it up like this in the first place? Why do you need to be on PS5 to claim a PS4 game? I, I don't understand. I don't know. Because I can claim my Xbox games even if I don't own an Xbox of any sort. I can do it on the web. 
I mean, is it because these are supposed to be games that you get as a bonus for owning a PS5? Nope. These, under normal circumstances, these games, if this were, if this were August, these games would have been redeemable on the PS4. I still, I still don't understand why they did it. Me neither. And Sony hasn't been able to explain why they did it either. Um, they last I saw, they seemed to refuse to address the issue itself, just to to deflect right. and say uh, account suspensions can be can be a uh, uh, counterclaimed here. This is a very bizarre policy. Very right? Bizarre. It's so weird. If if very bizarre and very anti your customer. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Yeah. This is I mean, this is the kind of thing that really alienates customers and for what reason? Like I, I don't I don't understand what Sony gets out of it. I mean they I mean if they wanted to say that like you get these games because you bought a PS5, so they're a benefit of buying PS5, then they would limit it to the account that they registered the device, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm literally like I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the articles. Oh, one of the forums where people were complaining has been taken down. Um, I'm I'm back on the links that I used to research this article um, to see if. Uh, to see if I had any new information since Sunday, and no. In fact, some of the information is missing since Sunday because one of the customer support forums has been deleted entirely. This sounds like a good argument for Xbox. Um. At, at least, at least in the in the in the 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 inventory issue time, right? Because I can get once. Once uh, uh, Xbox Series games start being uh, uh, an integral part of the, the the Xbox Live Gold stuff, I can redeem them from my computer without ever having touched an Xbox Series console. So, I don't know. It's all so strange. So very, very strange. And nobody seems to be able to explain it other than some sort of a weird internal policy enforcement glitch or something. But Sony doesn't want to address it, which makes it seem nefarious to me. Uh, I'm just going to say, if you don't want any time, any time there's there's evidence of a problem and the and people involved don't want to address the problem, it seems nefarious. <laughs> Even if it's not, it could be totally, totally legit. And it just seems nefarious because you're going, look over there. On the other hand, Cyberpunk comes out in eight days, so I guess no one will care at that point. <laughs> yeah. I I, uh, I saw uh, uh, a thing. It said, uh, we, we want to apologize to our fans. Uh, there never was a Cyberpunk. We just wanted to hang out with him. it's it's just a little bit crazy how um like the the hype around that game and how many people want to play it and so every time we do a story that's related to cyberpunk it gets good traffic so i mean it has always looked like an interesting game 
Yeah, I mean, it, it looks interesting enough. I think I'd kind of rather see the movie, but it looks interesting enough. Yeah, I, I probably I probably agree with you there. But um, we we will try and keep on top of this. If if Sony has anything else to say on it, uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll try and bring some sort of an update. But as of right now, this is where we are. Um, I my recommendation is don't try and get around it right now until we hear that people aren't getting suspended for it anymore. That's my recommendation. If you want to go and do something else, that's on you. But I wouldn't recommend it. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. It's like watching a movie with your funniest friends. To find out about all of the uh, full-length features, the short films, the TV episodes, live events, and more, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. So uh, on our last episode, we discussed a report that came out that showed that more and more people are um, using more and more bandwidth. Shocker, right? Uh, <laughs> we talked about all of the ways that, uh, that you can easily hit that one terabyte of bandwidth uh, per month, including uh, internet streaming. I think we talked, if you have four people that stream, what was it, three hours uh, a day in your house, you can hit your one terabyte pretty quickly. And we've got people working from home, doing meetings, doing all kinds of other things right now. So obviously that number was going to go up. Another thing we talked about. School. Yeah, school. School is school is the most. Yeah. I mean, my son is on stream pretty much. I mean, he gets lunch. So let's say six, seven hours a day. Yeah. Easily. And, and if you just assume that that's, it's pushing multiple pieces, but if you assume that all together it's one HD stream, um, and you're talking that, what did we say? 12, 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day, some, somewhere between 12 and 16 hours a day of HD streaming was your, your terabyte. Well, there's six, <laughs> uh, with no other right. usage. We also talked about the fact that smart devices and, you know, there's lots of ways to easily get to that one terabyte right now. And so obviously more of the internet is getting there. Uh, I believe the number was almost 9% of all internet users in the United States are at that point. And so we were very happy that there are uh, services out there that don't have data caps. We were very happy that the services that do mostly have them suspended right now. Oh, and almost like they hurt us. Uh, Comcast responded by announcing that in January 2021, the uh, suspensions that are in place will end. And uh, all of the markets the uh, that currently do not have data caps will. So... They must think, have. They must have read the report too. <laughs> or do you think that they were 
responding to some of this uh, positive news about vaccine development, figuring that we can get away with this now. Oh, like, like now that a, a vaccine's available, people may not be working from home again. Yeah. Yeah. Granted that granted January is very soon for that. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even had one vaccine FDA approved. There seems to be pretty good hype about three, three, uh, about that are, three different vaccines that are 92 or above percent. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, January is too quick. The good news is that uh, the new markets will be given a grace period for the first two months, which means that enforcement will not actually begin until March. But if you're in one of those, well, what markets, if you were in one of the old markets that that was suspended? Yeah, we don't know if uh, if they're going to get the same the same grace period. Yeah, this is. This is, this is terrible because you need to um, – this is terrible because internet is a necessity for school. Mm-hmm. Um, like let's – like, you know, part of the problem is – and I always wonder whether cable companies – Comcast is essentially a cable company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether cable companies have the mentality mm-hmm. – of internet as a utility versus as an entertainment um, because they're an entertainment company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I always wonder whether, whether these comp, whether the cable companies, because their, their DNA is we're giving you television, which is in, in essence, while we all watch it is like not, not uh not a necessity not a necessity of life right it is and it is entertainment it's interesting um so so perhaps they view this as like oh it's a you know consume more entertainment pay more money nobody says you gotta you know you gotta use all this internet uh but i don't think we've seen data caps from companies that started out as telecoms Right, the uh, telecom DNA like Verizon. So, I don't know. Just, just always, it's always been a thought to me since, ever since I was living in Manhattan and I had Time Warner Cable, which is now called Spectrum, uh, had Time Warner Cable as my internet provider, and they were always really kind of slow to fix stuff, and I always wondered like. Is it their mentality that like this is kind of entertainment and you don't really need to have it? So you know, just just suck it up. You know, don't you know you without your internet, you know, you can live without TV, right? But now we're living in a world where you can really make the argument. Maybe twenty years ago when broadband was new and the internet was, you know, only a few years old, you can make the case that. You can live in society well without the internet. Now, if you are on the wrong side of the digital divide, you don't have internet, your kid may not be able to go to school. You may not be able to go to work. That is, and and in this pandemic, you may not be able to do other things that are really essential like shopping or for food or going or banking. So like, or paying your bills. 
So, you know, I mean, there's so internet is, is a necessity. I don't know if I mentioned this on the program before, but, um, but I'll mention it now since this came up is, uh, I'm, I'm helping out a local charity here in New York called including you and, uh, it's including you.org, um, including you, uh, what they do is they help New York area kids. And they also help some kids in Mississippi, but primarily right now, New York area kids. Uh, who don't have computers uh, or, and in some cases don't have internet that they need to go to school. And you would think that the New York city public schools uh, would have this, would have this mastered because they need, it's a requirement, right? Like if you don't go to school, you're considered a truant. And so you're breaking the law and social services can be called. Uh, but there was a, there was a nine-year-old girl who they gave an iPad to the iPad was broken and they couldn't, they, the school district, if you, they give you a broken device, uh, they don't give you a new one or that you put you on a wait list or something. She couldn't go to school. And then there've been other kids where they were in an area where their, their family didn't have home internet. So they couldn't go online to go to school and, you know, and, uh, including you as, has been giving some of them hotspots. Uh, and giving laptops, and uh, they're looking for uh, for donations, both of money and of and of PCs. So, if you've got an old computer, an old laptop that's sitting around, um, there's a donation page. If you go to includingyou.org, uh, and you know they will fill out the form and they will give you instructions. If you, they are not really particular, like a working computer with Wi-Fi. It could be a desktop, it could be a laptop, it could be a Chromebook, it could be a MacBook. Um, uh, it only really has to have a, a ability to run Chrome browser uh, so that they, it can run Google, it can use Google Classroom, which is primarily what kids in New York City are using. So anyway, uh, this relates to what we're saying because imagine if you're a family who has internet for your kid, but now there's a question of whether or not you can afford to pay for the internet that they need to go to school. That's that's really, you know, that's really terrible. So while you were talking, I decided to investigate your theory on the DNA of companies. And so yeah. so Comcast is uh, placed under mass media and entertainment before telecom and has been a cable company since the 60s. They had five channels and yet still had 12,000 subscribers. Anyway, not the point. Um, then Charter, which doesn't have, uh, doesn't have overages, doesn't have uh, data caps, um, came about in the 80s. And is listed as a telecom first. So, right. I mean, I think it's just AT AT and T Uverse says over just though, right? So maybe I'm I'm talking out of turn here. Doesn't AT and T Uverse have it? I don't know. Uh, AT and T will waive broadband overages at the end of the year. Yeah. So maybe not. Uh, although Uverse. 
uh, was AT&T's second attempt at cable. It might have been an acquisition. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. It's an even weirder time because, like you said, the Internet is a necessity. And it's such a necessity that there are nonprofits being created to help deal with the issue right now. So thank goodness for organizations like that, by the way, Abram. And I appreciate, I, I love that you've gotten, gotten involved with them. Uh, I obviously am involved with a number of nonprofits and I'm always happy to see uh, friends and family uh, involved with and helping out nonprofits. Um, just, just as a note uh, on top of our discussion of, of ways that the internet is being used, um, Amazon uh, has a, a feature called uh, Sidewalk that is coming to uh, to your some of your Amazon-based smart devices, Echoes and things like that, uh, Ring, uh, what else? There's a couple others. Um, and uh, it's going to share your internet access with other devices that it can reach in the event that their internet goes down. So if you're one of those people with an overage, uh, with a data cap might not be interested in allowing that. Uh, also, um, if you're a fan of security, having strangers devices connected with the ability to connect to your wireless network, uh, even indirectly may not be great. Uh, if you want to turn it off, you can turn it off now, even though the feature doesn't exist, we have instructions on the website anyway. Um, yeah, there's lots of reasons why this is a problem. So many, we could do an entire episode just talking about all the reasons why data caps are a problem, but we won't because we <laughs> we have a little bit more to talk about tonight. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get your free shipping, but that's not all you get. Uh, you get free music with Amazon Prime Music. You get free TVs, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video. You get free games and a free subscription on Twitch with Amazon Prime Gaming. And you get a whole lot more grocery deliveries and all kinds of things. To learn about all of the features, to get quick links uh, to, to access those features, to get a 30-day free trial if you're not currently a subscriber, and the ability to give it as a gift if you are, you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So, um, in the past, we've talked about uh, Google's struggle with uh, maintaining a strategy for a particular business segment. Messaging has been a hot topic in the past as uh, messaging services seem to come and go from Google at an alarming rate especially since none of them seem to provide anything special. But uh, tonight we're going to talk about their, um, their video aspirations. Um, currently, they, they, uh, they have a number of, of uh, uh, video services uh, in various different places, including the revitalized brand name of Google TV, which is not what the original Google TV was that was discontinued and replaced by Android TV in 2014. The new one is more like Apple TV in that it is um, 
a place that aggregates lots of sources and you can search and find and and then launch into uh, the the place for that particular content. So, for example, if you were to search for a particular actor or actress uh, in the service, it would find results from Amazon Prime and uh, Hulu and uh, perhaps YouTube. I don't know. Probably oh, since it's only Google. things. Only things that you're subscribed to or things you're not subscribed to also. Yes. Um, so you can have, uh, from I believe, you can have it search. Um, by default, it searches the things that you have signed into um, through the service. Uh, so that would be the things that you currently have subscriptions to. But I believe that there's a filter that you can turn on to show other things as well. Everything that's available through the service. Now, that's the thing that's important. Everything that's available through the service. Obviously, for something like this to work, it has to have a big data collection, right? If it doesn't, if it's not searching the places where you want to be, where viewers want to be, they're going to skip it entirely. And so, when Netflix stopped showing up in search results last week, people got concerned. Um, in fairness, they didn't start... It didn't start that way. It started that you couldn't add Netflix content to your watch list. And that seemed like a bug. So people kind of ignored it. And then search results started to thin out. And then all of a sudden, when you went to the app and said, I want to sign into a new service, Netflix was not on the list. So, um, so obviously, reach out to Google and the response is with Google TV, our goal is to bring the best of our search and discovery features across your subscriptions to your favorite devices. We work with each content partner to enable these entertainment experiences and the level of integration will vary by partner. So that is Google's way of saying Netflix is no longer working with us to, prov to provide data. Why? We don't know. It's definitely weird. Is it? And missing Netflix is a big problem for something like this because uh, all the other services that, that offer something like this still have Netflix. Yeah, so I guess that, that's an interesting question to me is why Netflix wouldn't want it. Is Does Netflix ask for some money or something? Or maybe they found it technically annoying. Maybe it wasn't, maybe they've done the math and figured out they're not enough subscribers to make it worth their i mean presumably they have to give some kind of a feed to to google for right. google to accurately get this they have to have some kind of api or something for google to to query them sure and maybe they've decided hey we don't want to assign a developer or developers to maintain this or maybe they asked for money i was gonna to say but I, but it didn't disappear from Apple TV. It didn't disappear from uh, TV time. It right. didn't disappear from uh, uh, Minnow. I, I, yeah, I, it, I, it, I say that because I went and weird. I did a whole, like I did a whole deep dive and I started searching other services that provide similar capabilities. Um, and that, Netflix was still everywhere else. I, I have to wonder whether Netflix views this as to its advantage to participate in these things because like 
from Netflix perspective, right? Do they want you to go to the other services? Maybe they want you to be forced to browse Netflix because once you open the app for Netflix, you start seeing their own internal ads, visit their website or whatever, you see the promotion for what they want you to watch. If you're searching, then you're coming in the side door, mm-hmm. right? I mean, now, if you're Netflix, you can get away with that, right? And, and, and you know, you already have people's money anyway, they've subscribed. Yeah. But, you know, like if you think about it, 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 it as someone, as other places that rely on Google, like as a website, I could be like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to participate in Google search. Yeah. yeah. I just want people coming to my homepage. Like that, that would, yeah, great. I'll get like, you know, not, not much traffic because yeah. so much comes from search. Right. So, but in this case, they, Netflix already has your money. Mm-hmm. They don't need to attract you to, to go there more. So much um, so that the free trial is gone. Uh, I didn't even realize that, but yeah. Um, the, it's, it's interesting though. This just made me think of something Netflix related, which is, a couple of weeks ago, there was a story out. I can't, I can't believe this. It makes no sense to me that when there was an announcement about a uh, positive announcement about vaccines, like a couple of weeks ago about a vaccine, the stock market reacted and Netflix stock went down, as did a couple of other stocks, uh, Peloton and a couple, and one other, because huh. on the logic that people won't be using Netflix as much once they can go out of the house more. Um, I so seriously doubt that that would have any effect on Netflix's revenue. If anything, a positive effect on their expenses, right? Because you does Netflix really want you to watch it more and more and more? Isn't their best customer someone who pays like and doesn't use it? Doesn't use it that much, or or ever? <laughs> you know, like you know, maybe there's like one show a month or something that I that I want to watch on there. But I keep paying for it because it's it's like oh Stranger Things is just around the corner, um, <laughs> or something like that. Oh, that's right? so funny. So oh, that's my logic all the time. Or or like Umbrella Academy is coming back. You know, like there's a few shows on Netflix that I really really want to see, and then there's other stuff that I just kind of plan to eventually see. But like, I don't understand how the idea that maybe people would be spending less time. Which, you know, probably I don't know how true that is because people are still. I think people are still going to spend plenty of time watching yeah. Netflix. But yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely it's just the most bizarre idea that they're going to lose revenue because people are going to be inside more. Yeah, I think. I mean, outside more. I think the response is probably in that particular case is is to the huge growth that Netflix has seen in the last two quarters. Uh, and the fear that that growth will either slow down, stop, or reverse. Um, but yeah, it's who. Well, how will how how do you grow if you're if you're Netflix when everybody's already a subscriber? Right. Yeah. There's there's a certain point where growth is impossible. Start adding additional services. Yeah. They'd have to start adding additional services or something. Um. So, I mean. Or, or cutting costs to have a higher margin or raising prices, which they've done. So, yeah, I don't know. That's it. It was definitely a weird response. I expected it, but it's still weird. I, <laughs> certain things I kind of 
can predict, even though they don't make sense. And that was one of them. Um, Cause the market doesn't necessarily respond to reality. It doesn't anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> not, not a stock market show. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely interesting. It, it makes you wonder exactly what's going on there. Cause again, Nobody else's integration with Netflix was affected by this. Only Google's. Um, and the app is still available, uh, just not the data source. So fascinating. Uh, may, maybe Netflix is like, well, maybe you, maybe, maybe Google didn't sell as many of those new Chromecast devices as they promised. And they're like, all right, uh, when you've got more than 12 of the new devices out in the wild, then we can talk again. But for now, we're going to shut down the servers providing the data feed because it doesn't do us anything. Who knows? Um, but it does create a catch-22 if that's the case because <laughs> if you don't have Netflix, nobody's going to go for the new Chromecasts because it's an integral part of why somebody would use the Google TV interface. So, you know, you create a weird catch-22 in there. But... Who knows what's going on? There may just be some sort of a licensing, like you said, some sort of a licensing disagreement. We'll see. I cannot imagine that it's gone forever. Um, otherwise, Google TV will once again not last because without Netflix, kind of who cares? So, right. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who have joined us live uh we always appreciate uh our live viewers especially coming in on a on a weird night with us um so if you did join us nope if you didn't join us and would like to in the future normally sunday nights at 9 p.m eastern you can go to f5live.tv slash join us and uh, chat with us in the studio you can also uh, find us on social media uh we stream live on livestream.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope. I almost said Mixer. Uh, <laughs> that hasn't existed in a while. Uh, anyway, uh, we stream live on all five of those platforms, so you can find us there. Um, if you don't want to join us live, that is okay. Uh, you can always go to plugkitslive.com slash subscribe and see all of our shows and all of the many, many ways that, uh, that you can watch and listen. And if there's a place that we're not that you would like us, let us know. Get to us on social media, send us an email, something like that, and let us know. Uh, also, if you've got topics you'd like us to discuss, if you'd like to hear our input on topics that we don't usually talk about, let us know. Uh, we will uh, we'll try to work them into future rundowns. So uh, definitely let us know on that. And with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.